Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Jason Moore, welcome back to this lovely opportunity for us to recap last week's episode and talk about current events. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me again, Brian. Yeah. So how's your week? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. I got my second COVID shot. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good week. How'd that go? Pretty much no complications. I, uh, I have a sore arm. That's about it. I was tired last night. I got my second shot. The only thing I had was a sore arm and no other symptoms, but a buddy of mine got his second shot and he was vomiting all day long. So I think it just depends on how it hits you. I, I guess so. I've heard some people have some pretty serious uh, after effects from it. So yeah, that's that's sad to hear. What'd you think of the Lisa Foils episode? Oh, I liked it. I think Lisa is super talented. She's funny. She's vibrant. Um, I'm not super familiar with her work as I've really never watched the shows that she was on, but I have seen clips of all that and Malcolm in the Middle with her in it. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. She's pretty good at playing the, uh, bubbly, funny, kind of awkward character. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that she was able to basically make it through the whole Hollywood child actor thing with pretty much no damage. Other than the loss of, you know, certain roles that she auditioned for and lost out on, I'd say she's done quite well and made a name for herself on her own as an actor and a writer. Yeah, the writing piece was really what drew me to Lisa. Her acting background is actually impressive in and of itself and fun to talk about, but I don't talk to many folks who cross over from acting into writing the way she did. And, uh, right. you know, some of them will uh, cross over into screenwriting, which Lisa's doing. But she actually wrote a children's novel, Ash Ridley and the Phoenix, which I read to prepare for the interview. And uh, I was impressed. So it's nice to have that type of subject to talk about going into an interview, something that's recent and fresh and compelling, like this novel. And it's a big book. There's a lot to unpack in there. She created this world completely out of her imagination, and it reminds me of a Harry Potter-esque type of universe. And that's what's so impressive about Lisa, is that she spent years putting together this world, this universe, and then actually put pen to paper, fingers to keyboard, and typed it all out and got it published. And uh, I, I think that's something that people dream about doing, a lot of people are like, you know, one of these days I'm going to write a book. And she actually did it. Right. So it was neat to talk to her about that journey. Yeah, it's very impressive. My hope is that Lisa continues writing and maybe puts out a series of books in that realm. Yeah, I was hoping that she would actually turn Ash Ridley into a screenplay because it, it is really cinematic the way it's written. That would be good too. I'd like to see it on film. So uh, we finished up South by Southwest, and I'm still chasing down a few interviews from that film festival. But what did you think about the difference between South by Southwest and Sundance? Well, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't participate in it, but I, I think it was pretty smooth. It seemed like you had access to a lot more of a variety of artists. It's comedy, it's music, it's film. So you kind of have like more dynamic choices there. Yeah, I agree. We have the comedy festival, you have the music, and you know, I was getting pitched by managers of bands from Spain and Australia, 
bands that are trying to make a name for themselves in the United States and what better place to do it than South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you have all of the filmmakers. So between comedy and music and film, you're right. There's a lot more diversity in terms of the type of performances that you get to see and the types of online experience uh, in terms of like forums to participate in. So for me, the way that translates is sensory overload, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Uh, there's just too much going on all at the same time. I'm not being critical of the festival. I think it's great that they have all of those offerings. But for me, just one person who has press credentials trying to navigate that situation and figure out what do I want to do next? It's like being at a buffet where you've got 150 different options. <laughs> I didn't know where to start. And so we were pretty lucky to pick up that interview with Jess Brunetto about the short, the narrative short Sisters. Mm -hmm. And I uh, made a lot of really fun connections in the publicist world because uh, there was a lot of pitches being made to interview guests that I have on my to-do list for the rest of 2021. And it's nice to form those relationships with the folks that are trying to connect artists with the media. So South by Southwest was definitely worth the effort. And I hope they will let me in again next year. And I hope that throughout the rest of 2021, I'll be able to participate in more film festivals and also capitalize on those relationships that I built at South by Southwest to book more interviews. Right on. I'm looking forward to that. So Jason, uh, you probably saw the news about BJ Thomas and the diagnosis of lung cancer. Yes, I did. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. He's still pretty active on social media and staying really positive, it seems. But uh, stage four lung cancer sounds to me like a really tough diagnosis to come through. And we've gone through this before with prior guests where we interview someone, put out the interview, really excited about it, and then they either pass away or they get sick and things don't look good for the guest. And it really makes me, as an interviewer, feel grateful for that time that I had with them. It's this moment where you start thinking about mortality and how these larger-than-life characters, they're just human beings like you and I. Right. And they suffer through the same tragedies and losses that you and I do in our families. And they suffer through the same health challenges that we all do as human beings. Yes. And so, you know, BJ Thomas, to me, has always been this iconic figure, someone who has been a fixture in our lives, our musical lives for decades. That's right. So to hear about this diagnosis, it's tough to take, but also it's an opportunity for us to reflect back on what he has contributed to the music world and also how short life is and how we really have to live our lives now. Exactly. And I understand he's receiving some treatment right now. Stage four is never a good thing. You know, I lost a grandpa to lung cancer. Uh, we lost Eddie Van Halen to throat cancer last year. So yeah, it's tough, you know, but we can go back and, and have that music with us forever. And there's always hope too, that he's going to pull through this. Absolutely. People pull through these diagnoses and survive. So all we can do at this point is just hope that BJ does pull through it and uh, comes out the other side, still singing, still performing, and being the performer that we've always known him to be. Absolutely. I hope so. One thing I wanted to mention before I forget, sometimes previous guests have upcoming events. I want to make an announcement about a previous guest, Hugo Morrow. 
He's an artist out of Seattle. You remember Hugo. Oh, yeah. Hugo emailed me the other day and told me that he has a show coming up. I wanted to share the details of that show for my listeners. Hugo has a show called Garden of the Unconceived, which begins on April 30th, and it goes through June 12th of this year. There will be an artist's talk. This will go on Fridays and Saturdays from 12 to 4 p.m. by appointment at the Method Gallery in Seattle. And the gallery is located at 106 3rd Avenue South, Seattle, 98104. Nice. Yeah, it looks like a pretty compelling show. The Garden of the Unconceived uh, looks like a multimedia installation using single-use plastic. So it looks like there's some recycling involved there. And at the next Duocast, I'll talk more about it as well. Once I learn more about the piece, I will talk about it in more detail. Sounds awesome. I'm really interested to see what that's all about. Yeah, I'll forward that email to you. Maybe we can check it out together. Sounds great. So another announcement, kind of exciting. I am finally, for the first time in more than two years since I started this podcast, I have booked an interview with a real comic, a stand-up comic. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to jinx it. I'm a little superstitious when it comes to things like that. <laughs> and also, I'm, I'm realistic because I know that sometimes you book things and it just falls through and just doesn't come together for whatever reason. So right. uh, I don't want to say her name, but she is a comic from Seattle and she is touring the country. And I reached out to her on social media and she's agreed to be on the show. So uh, looking forward to that and more details to follow. Sounds good. Hey, um, I have a question for you, Brian. Sure. You became a grandpa recently. How's that going? You know, it's going great. We're three months into this, meaning she's about to turn three months old. Uh, she lives with us, so that makes it even more special. I get to see her every day, interact with her every day. Awesome. And it's a complete game changer. She is a, a beautiful presence in the home. She makes you look at the world differently. And I think becoming a grandparent has really changed my perspective on life. It sounds cliche to say, and I think a lot of grandparents say the same thing, but when you have this new life before you and you know that there's a piece of you in her in terms of the DNA, she really makes me look at life in a different way. And I think she's changed me permanently in the way that I look at how to spend my time, the importance of making the world a better place, right? making it better for the folks who are younger than us because we've done a lot of damage to this world. Oh, yeah. Um, environmentally, politically, economically, the debt that we've accumulated in this country, yep. the divisions that we've created. Uh, you know, There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And for me, it's not doom and gloom about the future for young people. I'm actually optimistic about the future. As long as a critical mass can look at the world this way, which is we need to make it better for those we are leaving behind. Exactly. You know, we can't be selfish about our existence right now. We have to make sacrifices right now so that the people that are younger than us can enjoy everything that we enjoyed when we were younger, like national parks, like the ocean like, frankly, the climate and climate change. Not to get too in the weeds here on 
you know, what's wrong with the planet and where we're going. But right. when you have a grandchild, you start to think about those things a lot more and not in a, in a way that creates existential dread or dilemma, but just it really tunes you in to what's important. And so I really appreciate her for that reason. There's a lot of reasons I appreciate her, but I'm grateful for the change in perspective that she's allowed me to have. That's very well said, Brian. I'm glad I asked the question. I'm glad you did too. I, you know, I get to see lots of posts on Instagram and, and Facebook, the cutest outfits that Emma puts her in, you know, that puts Scarlett in those, those <laughs> Easter outfits and stuff. They're just, it's just awesome to see. And she's such a beautiful girl. She is a beautiful human being, and I am so excited to see how she grows up and the personality that she develops. She already has her own little unique personality at the age of three months. I'm sure that every day that goes by, her personality will become even more defined. And that's part of the fun about raising a kid or being around a child and watching them grow from day to day, which is this, uh, what is in store for this young girl? And uh, what is she going to be like at the age of two, at the age of five, at the age of 25? And it's a mystery, right. but it's a, it's a fun one to watch unfold. You know, the one thing about Scarlett that I was amazed at was, you know, day two, she's smiling, you know? Right. I've never seen a baby do that so quickly. Yeah. Doctors will tell us that that's not real. That's just a kind of a fluke or an accident that uh, babies don't have the capacity to smile. But I don't believe that. No, I, I don't either. I think that they totally have the ability to smile. Yeah, that's fun to talk about, Scarlett. And thanks for asking. You bet. So what do we have coming up next, Jason? Uh, we have an interview with filmmaker Michelle Ohian. Michelle Ohian. Uh, there's a documentary that I want you to check out so that we can be ready to talk about this when we recap her episode. Okay. The documentary is on Netflix and it's called Strip Down, Rise Up. So Michelle is the director of that documentary. Okay. And it is about pole dancing. Hmm. So I'm not going to say anything more than that, but check it out. It's really a compelling documentary and it's very moving. So I had a good time talking to Michelle about not only the documentary Strip Down, Rise Up, but also her film career and how she got to this place where she can shoot documentaries for Netflix like that and be the go-to filmmaker for streaming services and film studios like Netflix. Michelle has a lot of insight to share. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about that movie. Well, now you definitely sparked my curiosity, so I'll definitely check it out. All right, man. Looking forward to chatting with you about it. Oh, yeah, me too. So we're launching Michelle O'Hyan's interview next week, right? Yes. Awesome. Can't wait to hear how it sounds. Me too. I'm sure you're going to work some magic on it. <laughs> Throw some magic dust on it. Right on. Jason, it's been good to connect with you, brother. As always, Brian, it's good to connect with you. Hey, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I have a favor to ask. Can you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at DreamPathPod. And as always, go find your dream path. <laughs>